0: Hi, this is Eric Y. Chen, host of the Y Factor podcast, where I interview entrepreneurs, CEOs, and individuals on how they got started in their business. I take a deep dive to understand their journey through life, uncovering their purpose, and most importantly, discussing their whys. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Eric Y Chen from the Y Factor podcast. Today, I have my guest star, Anthony Bowie Tran, all the way from Houston, Texas. Um, And I'm actually having him come out to speak at a seller meetup that we usually host once a month uh, here in the Bay Area. I'm super excited to have him because he's actually one of the Figures that inspired me to get started on Amazon, and I watch a lot of his YouTube videos. And so, he's been a good friend throughout my own entrepreneurial journey. So, I'm super excited to have him here. And
1: so, welcome. I'll have you introduce yourself. All right. Thanks, Eric, uh, for having me here on The Y Factor. Um, so, it's only been what? Uh, a year since just, we met? Maybe? Just
0: a little over a year. Just I think a we met in August, years, but
1: I've seen your videos.
0: Like prior to that and stuff through YouTube and and the Amazon Facebook groups and
1: stuff too. Yeah, it's cool It's it's been a real interesting like thing to like see your journey from like when we first met You know on a yacht in Seattle Mm -hmm. for a seafair and then you know I've seen you a couple times now now. I'm here in San Jose the Bay Area, which is where I'm originally born um, and I haven't been back here in three years. So thanks, Eric, for giving me an excuse to come back here.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I'm sure your family is happy to have you back here as well. And it's just a good opportunity to continue expanding your reach. And I, I know a lot of people are super excited to um, you know, hear you talk as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's a super exciting opportunity just because you yourself, and, and you just mentioned like seeing my journey over the course of one year. I mean, you yourself, you've been doing some incredible stuff throughout this year. Let's take a step back and give a little background on your history of kind of what you do before I even get into the exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So fast forward, present day, um, Anthony Bui Tran. I am basically a, this is gonna be, I think my third year or maybe going on fourth year selling on Amazon. Um, For the last two years I've been doing private label, which is where you manufacture products from like Asia and then you sell them on Amazon. Before that, I was doing some other methods um, that got me introduced to private label, which was basically retail arbitrage, where you go into these stores, you buy toys or whatever, and then you just flip them online. But then I realized, I was like, why am I flipping other people's products when I could just make them and manufacturing them on my own and then sell them at a better margin, right? So Mm. it was kind of just working my way through the supply chain. Um, And that's what I do uh, full-time now in in addition to an education business um, called Solo Tradecraft that I started with two other friends, uh, Fernando Nick, which I believe you interviewed them.
0: You guys will recognize those names um, as I also have had them on the podcast here where they started their entrepreneurial journey through Amazon and... They've met up or linked up with Anthony and have become business partners in some exciting endeavors as well.
1: Yeah. Um, and they're great dudes. Um, but, you know, like this this whole like journey just kind of stemmed from just trying to start my own business, right? My family, there's a couple entrepreneurs in it my grandma was one of the first entrepreneurs in our family and she has like a convenience store it's kind of like a home depot yeah. in vietnam okay but think of it like really small like it's not as big as home depot but, you, but they like still the sell type of the supplies, supplies that they, they exactly sell. okay exactly um and she named it after my mom but my parents are divorced now oh. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> kind of funny uh but uh, my mom helped like give them the seed money right mm-hmm. So my family's always been like very interconnected with like business and wanting to do that. And you know, when I looked at my family, I always realized that the people I thought were cooler in terms of like uncles and aunts were the ones that were able to like just pick me up from school. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause most people work at nine to five, but they could just come pick me up at three o'clock, four o'clock from school. And I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. I don't have to take the bus. Yeah. And like, that was one of the defining factors, uh, believe it or not, to make me, like, really think about, like, why do I think they're cool versus, like, maybe someone else in my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how old were you when you even, like, had that thought process? Yeah, so I was actually in middle school. I remember uh, me and my cousin went to the same middle school. And... Her dad was coming and pick her up from school, um, and I was about to get on the bus, and she's like, oh, why don't you just uh, come with us, and then we'll just drop you off. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, what? And I was like, I don't have to take the bus? I was like, hell yeah. I was like, this is cool. I'm going to get home way faster, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I thought of it, right? But it wasn't until, like, way back you know, looking at it now that I realized like, oh, I thought that was cool. And this is how that moment impacted my life now, right? Mm-hmm. And looking back at my whole entrepreneurial journey in the first place, right? Before I even started my own business, my own side hustle, like there's all these little things that impacted my decision of like, why, mm-hmm. like I wanted to become an entrepreneur and why I wanted a certain like lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? But I do think a lot of people aren't possibly like honest with themselves or like are not ready to have that conversations with themselves sometimes to just be clear and upfront and say like you know it would be nice to have that so why don't i try to go get it mm-hmm. you know yeah so you're saying
0: for for you there wasn't like one defining moment but it, it's an accumulation of just all of these realizations just mm-hmm. over the course of time and as you continue to work through this you're like oh wow yeah like i realized that this you know just these little moments that you get a little hint of like this is why having the freedom of my time Mm -hmm. you know to do this or my uncle ran his own business so he had a more flexible schedule to spend more time or Mm -hmm. have the opportunity to pick up you know his daughter and and his nephew from school and then go from
1: there exactly and you know i'm 26 now but you know uh, another moment right i can kind of start with is when i Got the opportunity to study abroad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I, you know, got the opportunity to study abroad in Australia. I got a couple scholarships and most of it was covered. Mm. Uh, so I had to ask my mom. I was like, "Mom, you know, I like got eighty percent of this trip covered. Can I please borrow some money <laughs> <laughs> to go study abroad in Australia?" And this was the first time I had ever asked my mom to uh, really borrow like. A large sum of money Uh, it was about maybe like Mm -hmm. $8,000 to pay for it was a big ass the biggest ass I ever had but me studying abroad in Australia like changed my life I just remember I picked up surfing but I realized that because I was a student I was able to go surfing when it wasn't crowded right when the lineup uh, wasn't crowded at the beach and like there wasn't like 50 other surfers trying to catch the same wave And I would be able to go surf at like 11 o'clock, 2 p.m., whatever time I wanted. Mm -hmm. But I realized that there were older guys out there or like other surfers out there on the lineup that could also surf whenever they wanted to, right? And as a student, before I even knew what I wanted to do, I knew that I wanted to be in control of my time when I worked, right? So Mm -hmm. that was one of the factors of just like, you know me wanting to become more of an entrepreneur but I didn't think I could just start a business like in college or anything so my goal has always been to uh, before now I guess it was to have a business by the time I was like 30 right yeah like
0: yeah. You graduate get a job save enough money uh-huh. and then start some business once you have the capital and the means to right
1: exactly exactly uh, the safe route and like my goal was like uh, when I was in college I was like I want a six-figure income by the time I'm 30 You know, uh, move up the corporate ladder. Yeah, exactly. And I hit that, you know, past six figures, like my first year doing my corporate job and working a side business on Amazon. Um, Did you start a side hustle during college or... Yeah, so college. in in college, I was doing the whole eBay thing because I didn't yeah. want to work a real, like, part-time job. <laughs> yeah,
0: was like a normal college student, like yeah. working at the coffee shop or, yeah, exactly. or something, yeah. or the bookstore. Or the bookstore,
1: yeah. yeah. I was like, I didn't want to do that. So I just started flipping stuff on eBay, like going to stores and flipping it on there. But then I realized that there's this thing called Amazon FBA, mm-hmm. right? And the reason I looked into it was I was going to the post office every single day and driving there, and dropping off, you know, maybe <laughs> at least like ten packages a day. Yeah, and I was like, I just don't want to drive here anymore. And just drop it <laughs> off. Like, I know it's making me money, and it's like, it could be worse, but you know, it could be better. That's what I told myself, and that's when I looked uh, up like eBay. I don't know. I was looking up something on the internet, and that's when I realized that with Amazon's FBA thing and their warehouses, right? They're actually, they don't like calling them warehouses. They like calling them fulfillment, fulfillment centers. centers. Yep. Right. Is that I can ship like a box of like 50 like hats to Amazon and they'll distribute it to all my customers for me. Because on eBay, I was, you know, each time someone bought something, you got to print out the
0: label, package it yourself, drop it off. And if you only have one sale a day, you start to drop off that package that day. Exactly. Whether you have
1: one sale or 10 sales. Exactly. And, you know, I was living on campus at the time. Some of my stock was at my house, which was like 45 minutes away. (laughs) and you know sometimes I was just like I did not want to drive home just to fulfill one order but Mm -hmm. so you know I I told my customers on eBay that there's a three day handling time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so like that was known and my metrics wouldn't get messed up but um, that's how I got introduced to Amazon and I started doing Amazon the last semester of my college Mm -hmm. uh, career and I made $10,000 right and you know and then uh luckily for me like i was graduating college and i had a job with a company called portility lined up however i thought i was starting in january but they're like we're actually going to start you in like june or something like later in the year oh, so i was wow. like yeah i was like what am i going to do for six months right like but i was like want well, me like ten thousand dollars like on amazon and you know I think most people right now are going to think like, oh, so you just kept selling on Amazon? No, I didn't do that. Right. <laughs> so what did, what did you do? I took that money and I went on a four month road trip to the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> Alright, So I went from Texas and I just drove through like, uh, it was supposed to be the entire West Coast. It just ended up being Arizona and California mm. for, four <laughs> for four months. Uh, but oh, I wow. went to go visit like all my, uh, fraternity brothers from Sigma Chi, um, all my friends and family, uh, all my study abroad friends. And, you know, for these four months, I was just, um, I never paid for housing once. Uh, I slept on couches, wherever, like at my friends' places uh, this whole time. And I'm super thankful that they let me stay and all my family and everything um but, but like did. there's this broke college kid who doesn't have a job and uh-huh. just couch surfing
0: yeah. right after college
1: yeah. I had a, well i mean that ten thousand dollars i use it to fund right? Exactly. so yeah. a lot of gas i paid for a lot of food i paid for um but i got by by not paying the housing because i stayed with people oh and also went camping sometimes mm-hmm. right um and i went camping with friends and everything um and that was that four months like really made me realize that I don't know if I want to be in corporate America forever. Mm -hmm. But this is before you even had a corporate job. Yeah. This is before I even started. I did have an internship. Yeah. Right. But I did. I realized like during this trip, I was like, you know, just working out at like 11 a.m., you know, going out to meet friends at at lunch at 12 p.m., just doing whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Right. And I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. But I also noticed just like other people on the street, you know, just like going about their days going about their lives and I'm like what are all these people doing I mean um, I still don't assume that they're all entrepreneurs yeah. out there but, <laughs> yeah but people just have different professions and everything but I realized again that one of the things I really value in any job is the flexibility of kind of working when you want mm-hmm. um, and so that kind of got ingrained
0: in me um, so I mean that, that could be seen as a dangerous pitfall in a sense like that could be defined as irresponsible right it could <laughs> just <be. laughs> working when you want to right so yeah. how did you decide or know what is being responsible and being able to control that freedom for yourself
1: um in terms of like when i was working or now
0: well yeah so say. like you had that exposure to like wow yeah uh-huh. like i i, I want to be able to do anything that i want at any time and then like yes throughout this whole journey because now you run your own business like How do you still maintain that sense of responsibility and that that freedom?
1: Okay, Um, so I'll explain two different situations. One, how it was when I was at corporate and how it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was in corporate America, that feeling of freedom was something I wanted, but the annoying part was there's very many times where I would get a lot of stuff done at work, but because we were in a client-facing position, I was asked to stay till five Mm o'clock. And this happened repeatedly.
0: Which is normal, but you're making it sound like,
1: oh, wow, you guys are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is is normal. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. It is normal. But me, I was like, look, I got all my stuff done. Like I could go like get my stuff done with my life and like, you know, run errands like when it's not crowded, Mm -hmm. like beat traffic. And I got everything done. Right. But no, like you just had to stay there. And that was one of the most, like, frustrating things for me as, I don't know, I just as a person, I just kind of felt like I wasn't in control of, like, just, like, what I wanted, right? Um, and that was a big defining factor of, like, me deciding to leave work amongst, like, other factors into, like, starting a business. Uh, but now, fast forward to now, um, it's actually something I do struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, con- it's gotten to the problem where now I have too much freedom, Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? You hear like all these entrepreneurs, they wake up at like 5am, yep. they like They're seizing the day, out. Yeah, yeah, seizing the day, <laughs> do a lot of stuff. Like I don't do that a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like I'll, I'll have, I'll have a good streak or something where I'll do like three days in a row. But for me, lately, it's literally been like, I wake up at 10, Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) uh, but I have a more routine that I go through. I'll I'll wake up at 10, um, I'll meditate, I'll put oatmeal, oh well, before I meditate, I put oatmeal in the microwave. So by the time I'm done meditating and brushing my teeth, the oatmeal is like cooled down and then I eat eat my breakfast and then that's usually when my day starts. All right, so just that. And then usually I'll either work out after or I'll have my daily Mm standup with my team because um, I have a virtual team. So I think it's like really important for us to like just meet um, often. So we just meet for 15 minutes max every single day. Because um, I forgot what book I was reading. I was reading like Scaling Up, mm-hmm. uh, really good book. I recommend it if you're looking to understand how to scale up your business. And then the reason we moved to like daily standups versus like weekly meetings is because if you have weekly meetings, like essentially it's because there's 52 weeks in a year, you're only gonna have 52 touch points with your team. Mm-hmm. But if you move to like daily standups, you're gonna have, I don't know, like 200 or 100 touch points with your team. That means that you can work faster, you can identify problems way faster, right? Yep. Everyone's just on the same page. Um, and then for me, like it kind of like builds like team morale, mm-hmm. which is another big thing that I realized that I like um, in life. Um, and I also translate it into my business. Um, and what I mean by that is, growing up i've always been an only child my mom she moved when i was 16 to puerto rico to start her own business but when she moved she left me the house and the car so i kind of was always like there to like fend for myself but i always enjoyed having like my close friends over cook something let's do something together right i knew i didn't like being home alone so like i joined the tennis team Mm -hmm. in college i joined the fraternity um and then um once I quit my job, I joined a entrepreneurial mastermind called Mavericks. Yeah. Right. And then all these things like all made sense to me. I was like, I always really like a brotherhood. Brotherhood commodity. and community and camaraderie. Yeah. 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 commodity is like huge for me. And then I realized that uh, within that first year of like working for myself, I had one team member that was in the Philippines, but I always felt lonely. Right. Because, I mean, I was working from home. Um, I had one guy in the Philippines. Uh, my only interaction of going out during the week was to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I remember, one of the things I loved most about corporate, right, and this is what I I, I missed the most about it, is like my friends at work, just hanging out with your colleagues. Yeah, and- just hanging out, shooting the shit you know like bitching about projects together oh yeah things like complain about their manager at happy hours yeah so. complain <laughs> about their manager and I, I was like I kind of missed that
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and like I missed that like and um, but it was because it all ties back to that community and uh, camaraderie aspect and you know for me it took me a while to like really realize that and that's why uh, when Nick and Fernando approached me to uh, start a, a business with them I was like Yeah, well, first of all, their business is 10 times the size of mine. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And, like, two, I I always have heard stories of people having partnerships where Mm -hmm. it doesn't go well. Like, people do not say, do not go business with your friends or your family, right? And Nick and Fernando, they're like the exception to that rule, right? And, like, I (laughs) see them, like, day in, day out. I'm like, man, like, these guys are best friends, and now they're in business together, and they're still good friends. Like, that to me is like beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I I think they had mentioned like it it is the perfect partnership and like the girlfriends complain that they never get to see (laughs) them. Those guys hang out with each other more often than not. And, but yeah, Yeah. so like you being able to be part of that partnership too. I I think it is very fortunate that these guys are just like super good to work with Mm -hmm. as partners.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice being able to be in a partnership where, you know everyone carries their own weight mm-hmm. in their own way and like i'm very comfortable now with saying like certain things like nick can you please do this like you're just like a little better at it than me and like I uh, it just stresses me out trying to do this mm-hmm. right um, like right now we're trying to raise money for our elite solar summit which is gonna uh plan for like a january launch but basically it's just a online amazon summit and we're trying to get sponsors for it right now right and we've signed up so many sponsors. Uh, but it was because of, you know, uh <laughs> Fernando's background and just like closing clients as salesperson. Like, yeah, his salesperson's mentality. And then Nick is just great at like talking to people on the phone too and closing deals and like oh my god, I personally don't want to do this. Like yeah. <laughs> i if I you need me to, but like it just drains more energy out of me doing this. Yep. Um and they did it, you know, and then like, I pick up the slack where like, they don't really like to doing it. So like, I, I don't mind doing more of the like social media stuff and just being more involved with the community. Because uh, I enjoy it a lot mm-hmm. more. I mean, they enjoy it too. But I just enjoy it a lot more. And so they're like, Alright, so you kind of just focus on that. Yeah. Um, so it's nice being able to divide and conquer. And um, it's interesting. Someone asked, would you ever go into business uh, with a partner or without a partner? Like now, and then like, I'm like, I don't know if I would, you know, like I really do enjoy having like commodity and having someone I can count on Mm -hmm. during the hard times and the bad times because, um, winning is more fun when you win with friends. Yeah. Right. Um, so that, that is a good, good point you bring
0: up. I know, and we're, we're talking about Nick and Fernando as well. And I think one of the questions, like when they do have a problem, they, they mentioned that you know they have each other to fall back on. Mm-hmm. right. And so even with with you, technically you have your other side of your own business as well mm-hmm. separate from them. So like when things do go awry in like in that context of like wishing you had a business partner or not, like
1: how do you even deal with uh, those, mm-hmm. those obstacles? What I'm gonna bring up is gonna apply to any industry mm-hmm. that you're gonna be in or whatever business, regardless of uh, Amazon, eBay, yeah, shop, Amazon. Yeah, we live in a day and age where we're very interconnected, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with social media, like whether you're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, whatever it is, if you put yourself out there, people will find you. Um, I mean, that's how you found me, right? Eric? Yep, yep, <laughs> right? Um, and you will attract people that. Are like-minded okay so what I did was when I started selling on Amazon I just shared my journey I wasn't a hundred percent trying to teach people but I was like just telling people like hey this is kind of like how I launched a private label product like ten of them and this is how it all worked right and you know for some reason that really resonated with a lot of people and they're like oh I've been trying to figure out this problem for like a long time So when you start sharing stuff in your community, right? So say whether it's like Amazon or SaaS company or marketing, and you start becoming a thought leader, people start reaching out to you for advice. And people also start giving you advice, right? So before I met Nick and Fernando, but still even now, like uh, I think last week I was asking a question on um, how to email these people that are like hijackers on my Amazon listing because mm-hmm. Amazon's now limiting the number of messages just to go out. Yeah, that yeah. you can send to these people. I'm like, how do you get around this? So I just asked my community, right? I just posted it in my Facebook group, which has grown from literally zero to over 30,000 members mm-hmm. um, in the last two years, which like blows my mind. Um, but you know, people help you, right? So if the more that you kind of give, um, the more you get back every time you ask for help too. So I, I, when you bring that up, I think a lot of like these people who
0: want to put themselves out there, they're very like scared of like, well, I've already built up this image that I am a thought leader, I am a guru. Mm. And for me to ask a question in the group when I'm supposed to be the one to know uh, things, yeah. like how do you
1: like get around that fear? Yeah, no, that's good. I actually, um, I do have a problem with this sometimes, you know, like people do think that I know everything, but at the end of the day, I know more than people to a certain degree, right? Depending on what stage you are, it's all relative Mm -hmm. Um, because there's plenty of other Amazon sellers that are way bigger than me, right? And, you know, there are sometimes people I approach, Um, but when I realize, you know, I have a question, I do do my best to like look it up myself um i am very adamant on like people within my group using like the search function <laughs> and if you have a question it's been asked before so. yeah most likely right most likely and uh for you know growing up you know alone at 16 uh google and youtube were like my best friends yeah you know like for i think one year i was eating just frozen meals and fast food uh-huh. for an entire year and then i realized i was like I can't do this. I got I like I'm kind of sick of it. I just want to cook my own food. And the way I went about it was I went to go research on like Google and YouTube mm-hmm. how to you know, cook food. And you know, that's what a lot of people have to do with like, in business, right? Look, in my opinion, like there's good questions to ask when you need advice. And when people ask me, you know, how do I start an Amazon business? I don't think it's a great question in my opinion right mm-hmm. I think uh, it, that all of that information
0: is out there yeah so start it and when you do actually stumble then come ask those more direct questions yeah
1: the more direct questions right so say um, you know you're like you're starting your YouTube channel you don't ask like how do I start a YouTube channel you like figure out what your problem is, right as you're going through this you're like okay like I'm starting a YouTube channel but I realized that I don't really have any good examples of how the intro or the ending should be, right? I realize that some YouTubers like have a certain style like, or have certain tips that I should do, right? Mm-hmm. And when you ask more specific questions like that, you get specific answers. So my recommendation would be like, okay, when you start a video, you have to have a hook that really engages someone, right? Like that makes them want to watch until the end of the video, right? Mm-hmm. Because YouTube rewards you if you retain a viewer throughout the whole video. And then at the end of the video, and throughout the videos, you want call to action. So you want like the user to comment, you want them to like, you want them to subscribe. Yep. So those are things you have to mention, right?
0: But if a person who hasn't even started, they're not gonna even understand what yeah. you're even talking about at that stage of the business. Exactly. Right? The
1: channel itself. Exactly, and then within every business, you have to understand the industry's lingo, right? So within like the Amazon community, like if I ask you what an ASIN is, right? Um, this it's like standard one-on-one amazon like uh terminology terminology that you should know it's like the equivalent of uh what's an example of this in like another industry it's like (laughs) you're a mechanic and it's like
0: a wrench wrench. yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah it's like if you didn't know what a wrench was and you were a mechanic it just wouldn't make sense right yeah so make sure you do your research make sure you like do like your own investigation and when you do like ask people for advice, realize that, you know, po- there's possibly, like, a hundred other people that have either asked the same question or there's also a hundred people that are trying to get advice from the same guy too. Yeah. Right? So, like, my phone every day now um, literally gets blown up from people um, asking questions and, you know, like, while I do want to help everyone, um, I do have to take care of my business first before I can start helping out everyone else too. So Yeah. And I, I think... Yeah, just hearing
0: you mention all of this, just like, you know, asking these questions and people probably have the same question. This has always been my mentality at school, like in high school and in college. If I didn't understand, I like whatever the professor or teacher was saying, I didn't mind putting my hand up and asking for clarification because my whole thought process is like, if I did not understand that, yeah. hoping that I'm, I'm not the only one out of like, uh-huh. you know, 100 kids or 500 kids that, you know, understands a professor, I'm sure like someone else will appreciate you asking that question. For too, sure. Right? For sure. And so then, you know, for them to either clarify or your, your peers to chime in and help you. Mm-hmm. And, right? And that's just being there. And then after that, and, you know, you know <laughs> there's no problem after like your fear is gone. Right? And so that's how I look at that as a mentality um, to ask questions right mm-hmm. but it can't be like oh like that question has to be a direct question to the professor It can't be like oh professor can you explain that entire uh, <laughs> thing mm-hmm. again or start over and then yeah that's when people get pissed you're like well you weren't listening at all or you didn't uh-huh. even do your homework prior to that right mm-hmm. um, so I do want to ask you like like what what are some like pitfalls that you know you've had yourself within the entire journey like were there points in time where you wanted to give up or quit? I mean, you. It sounds like you have a good. You mm-hmm. had a good momentum going into it by flipping some stuff on eBay. Um, but like, at what point, like, did you ever want to quit this and like um, let me go back to corporate or because it is easier? I miss my my uh-huh. water cooler friends and
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I've been, you know, I quit my job for I guess two years now, um, and it's been super interesting ride and. I've never felt more alive, Mm -hmm. right? Like compared to, I guess kind of like the rest of my life, I feel like every day I wake up and it's like, all right, what am I going to do to improve like my life, right? Or improve my business. Um, And then the first year, I went to all these conferences. I was trying to meet people and that was a pitfall. Mm -hmm. I was trying to do too much. And I had just started this community where it just kind of blew up. And all these opportunities started flying towards me. And I kept saying yes to everything. I was like, yes to this partnership. Yes to like me helping you source this product, Yes yeah. to this project. Yes and I this.
0: think that's like a sweet spot. Like when someone is just starting their journey and you're uh-huh. that person's super excited, and you want to, you want to say yes to everything because it's, it's new to you too, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, business opportunity, business opportunity, yeah. right? Everything that
1: comes your way. Yeah, and then um, now I realize or maybe I'm just fortunate that uh, opportunities are always knocking at my door. Like, just last week, this guy was telling me, I don't know how 100% true this is, <laughs> but uh, he seems like a very credible guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he, like, messaged me and emailed uh, us uh, telling us that he is one of the few doctors in Canada that has, like, some sort of license to sell online, to start an online pharmacy. And like it's very few licenses are given out every single year and you can sell worldwide with the medicine. And he's like looking for help on marketing and Amazon and he was like, give me these like number breakdowns like this company, you know, last year they were doing this much, but they got eliminated because they were doing like some fake drugs or like, I don't know, they were doing something with their drugs where it's not legal. But even if they were legal, they would have like all these margins, right? And he was talking about these companies making 300 million per month. And it's just like these opportunities come your way, but you have to realize and understand at the end of the day, like what you're going to be committed to and what you're going to be focused to, right? Mm -hmm. That was one of my major pitfalls of my first year of entrepreneurship, like not figuring out what I I want to do. And I kept like just traveling. I traveled a lot Mm -hmm. my first year, like I was like, all over the place. Like, it was fun, but I realized I didn't get a lot of stuff done. Um, because, you know, when I'm um, in the airport, I was like, I got some stuff done, but they get back, nothing gets done. Yeah, you got a of yard. Yeah. And when you're traveling, like, for me, it was always about meeting people, right, mm-hmm. which was good, because now that I really solid network, but I think I overdid it. It's about balance. Um, and then the second year, right, I said no to a ton of things, which, like, has totally, like, increasing numbers in my business. Increase my happiness, decrease my stress levels of like, of just like trying to switch from project to project to project.
0: Basically, you're, yeah, not stressing about putting too much on your plate.
1: Yeah, Um, exactly. Um, But, you know, um, my mom, um, who I care about a lot, so she became single, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And she's like now has a business in a foreign country and she's like living by herself. Which bothers me. It pains me to see that my mom, the person that I've always looked up to in my life, right? The one person that has been, like, a leader, someone I could count on, is going through this right now. And this was the first time in my life earlier this year that I was, like, depressed, right? Uh, I couldn't—before this, I could never have, like, relate, related to, like, people being depressed before. Yeah. But after just, like— Uh, my mom and then like me going through cash flow issues in my business Uh, just everything got really affected I have like way more gray hair uh, (laughs) according to my girlfriend (laughs) Uh, and then I was just like stressed out like hell like for an entire month so as of right now I'm just like trying to move forward and it's nice because like I finally feel like I got over that hill of like depression where it's like I would literally sleep or, or like just lay in bed to like 3 p.m. and then be like I have to do this on my Amazon business right in order to keep it going but I was doing the exact bare minimum for my business and luckily I like really focused on building a team this year um, after being inspired by Nick and Fernando um, so most of my team was doing like the day day and like I could get by but just like slacking and just being depressed in bed to three um, but yeah I mean like when you go through business, like it's not business that might be the worst part of it, mm-hmm. right? It it might be just the things outlying, in your personal life. The outlying
0: factors it affects your life, and then mm-hmm. so it, yeah. I mean, I think most people are afraid of the stress of having that business, and then all of a sudden, some mm-hmm. outlying factor then comes in and, and kind of
1: throws your curveball. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I'm glad I guess it wasn't like health problems, and at the end of the day, it's like sort of like only money. Um, but you know like I always I'm a pretty optimistic guy and mm-hmm. I always
0: I mean that's why yeah. I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> that you you had to go through this as well right? yeah
1: yeah it's it's something like I actually I've, haven't talked about between uh, outside of like a very close group of like friends because mm-hmm. um, I just really didn't know how to deal with it I was like and it was the first time like I did open up to like some of my friends and I'm like yeah like this is happening and like I don't know what to do you know, and I still really don't know what to do. Um, but I'm, I'm doing my best, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what entrepreneurship is going to be a lot of the time, right? So it's just you're going to have to deal with these hurdles you never dealt with before, but it's up to you to ask for advice from like people that have been through it and mm-hmm. then just be like, all right, uh, and just push through. Yeah, there,
0: there is no there is no playbook, really. Uh-huh. to like, walk you through this whole entrepreneurial life. And the mm-hmm. things that, like you said, a wrench gets thrown into, into oh. the machine, and then all of a sudden, like you have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm, very, you know, glad for you to share that with me, and um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you are just getting over that hump, and I hope yeah. things all work out. I know you had mentioned before, like, you know, your mom is an inspiration to you to even, you know, work on this business, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. been the motivator for you to create this financial freedom, in essence, to. You know, help support your mom and your family mm-hmm. and everything, right? So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I believe in you. Like, You're a super <laughs> talented and smart guy in, in, in the business um, world as well, so I, it should be, it should work out.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, and just to kind of clarify on that, like my mom, so, you know, I was telling you guys, like she kind of went to Puerto Rico when I was 16, um, but I've always felt a little guilty mm-hmm. because that Uh, one, I think she felt like she was leaving me and I felt like she did want to be there for me, right? But she knew she had to be there financially for me, Mm -hmm. so that's why she left. And I've always felt guilty like taking her money during college, taking Mm -hmm. her money during high school um, and all these things in order to just financially support me, right? Mm -hmm. So now like the goal is to bring my mom back home from Puerto Rico and you now, if I'm able to do that, then I think it'll just make me come to man I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm like that guy. I like took my mom home. Like I said it and I did it right, and I'm still on that journey. Um, and there's little things I've done to like help along the way. Like this last Christmas, I actually paid off my mom's house. Uh, so took some chips off the table. Huge paid milestone. Off the yeah, yep. huge milestone. Uh, for family. Uh, which is cool uh you know i was living in my mom's house so i was like okay well, here's rent money (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um so that's you know like uh one of the milestones and i'm just still on this journey to just really improve my life and then the lives of people that i love so Yeah. yeah
0: so i mean i think with that motivation behind you it has also like i guess developed you to also help out the community that you've built, mm-hmm. right? And bringing along pretty much 30,000 other people within your Facebook group mm-hmm. um, on an entrepreneur journey to be able to have that ability to pay off your mortgage mm-hmm. or to support your family, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's something super great that you and your team have been able to build out you know seller tradecraft as the Facebook group where over 30,000 people are there people are asking questions all the time on you know how to how to run the Amazon business um, how to scale and all these things and I know you're very involved you're always creating value content and I think that's why you know when I did stumble across your YouTube channel your content was you know more genuine than most people where you weren't trying to sell a course at that time right Mm -hmm. and and now because well technically you guys are running a course now. It's mm-hmm. only because you've built out um, You know a huge following of people who trust you and know that you're genuine mm-hmm. um, With that content. Yeah,
1: too. yeah, and for me, it was just more of I was getting these same questions asked all the time And people are just kind of wanted the course people like asked for that Like, can you just organize all this information? so we <laughs> will, pay, will pay you for yeah, it. It's not <laughs> yeah. scattered everywhere and you know, that's when it felt right to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now, like, um, we can do this, like, together. Um, and that's how the course was started. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else uh, you want to add or share with the audience? Um, you know, I think the the hardest part of being an entrepreneur is, or at least is selling on Amazon, is getting started, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people get caught up in watching courses, listening on podcasts, watching YouTube, asking for advice, but they never actually do it. Right. And I will tell you that you will learn a hundred times faster when you go through the process than when you just sit there and you try to consume content and you just like imagine it on your head. It's a good process. Right. But at the end of the day, there should be more doing than there is learning, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and because
0: you'll learn a lot more in that doing process too. Exactly,
1: right? exactly. One of my friends, his name's like Sterling Griffin, mm-hmm. and he is a he's another guy in my Mavericks community, and he's uh, just crushing it. I made mean, doing like two hundred fifty thousand net per month, and he's like an online fitness coach for online fitness coaches, right. <laughs> but he's super good at it. he like brings all this like energy all the time. And one thing I was just saying his podcast just last night, um, and he was just saying that you should be spending more time creating content than viewing content. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh my god, that makes so much sense. I was, I'm spending like, you know, an hour or two or three, like just like surfing like Facebook and Instagram or mm-hmm. YouTube all day, when like maybe it should be a shift, right? Of uh, being a creator instead of a consumer, and I've seen my life change for the better because I've made YouTube videos. Because I like started a Facebook group, people come to me and like I learn so much more because people correct me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if I say something wrong, people shut it down real fast. But I also learn really fast, so I learn to appreciate you know when I am wrong. Yeah. Um. um okay. But I, I just learn a lot faster, and I appreciate that.
0: So I think the. basically it's a baking in the doing into the process. It becomes like a litmus test, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you, you go and study, like if you're in school and you're studying, you're studying, studying, but you never test yourself. If you really know the knowledge, Mm -hmm. then you've only just read books and maybe it's just gone out the other ear. Right. Mm -hmm. Of what you're, what you're doing. So I think that that's a huge point to basically like, yeah, whether it is content, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's the Mm -hmm. Amazon businesses, it's just Mm -hmm. do because you can soak up all that information, but, how much information do you really retain? Exactly. So you won't know until you actually share that information, right?
1: Yeah. And it's a there's a reason why people pay more like in corporate America for people who are experienced mm-hmm. than people who have like a doctorate. Yeah, you
0: know? it's because they prove that they've done it through yeah. the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on to the show, Anthony, um, sharing your story, and um, you know being able to help out all these other entrepreneurs. Um, definitely check out the group that Anthony has built out on Facebook called Seller Tradecraft. Um, It's a phenomenal group, especially if you're interested in getting started on Amazon. And um, check out a lot of good resources there, softwares as well to help um, elevate people's businesses and streamline a lot of things. Um, So go check it out. I'll have the link provided below uh, on the website at yfactorpodcast.com.
1: All right, cool. Thanks, Eric, for having me. Um, Yeah, and when you guys join the Facebook group, YouTube channel, whatever, just let me know you guys heard me from Eric's podcast, and I would love that. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Thank you, guys. See you, guys. Thank you so much for listening until the very end. You can find more information about my guest on the website at yfactorpodcast.com. I'll provide any links and promo codes that were mentioned in the interview. A full transcription of the interview is also available on the website. Share with your friends and tune in next time for another episode of The Y Factor.